Welcome to the Oklahoma Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You are about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma real estate market. This is your fresh port on housing conditions that will enable you to make smarter investment decisions and gain insight on local trends. Plan your next move in real estate with this fast vital market news to aid your next real estate adventure. Landon is a genuine self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. He's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, property manager, and residential broker who's worked with clients from all over the globe to help achieve their real estate goals. Whether you live right here in the city or across the country, welcome to the Oklahoma Real Estate Show. Here is your host, Landon Witt. Welcome to episode 111 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. This show is the first show of 2023. So I'm gonna do, as I do every beginning of every month, do a recap of the prior month's sales. And then you're gonna to get to hear me banter a little bit about my predictions and feelings on 2023, looking back at 2022. So let's jump into the charts here with you. If you're on the podcast, I'm gonna do my best to uh, describe these numbers. I think it'll be just fine on the audio, but if you wanna watch it on the video, there's a link in the description to the YouTube channel. And if you're on the YouTube channel already, welcome. This is my face at 6 a.m. in the morning. All right, median sales price broken down. This is the last year. I'm going to uh, basically I've recapped from a year over year. Where did we end up? For Oklahoma City, we are plus 4%. Total median sales price. Again, the median, for those that are new to the median, the median takes out the extremes. So if we got super high luxuries at $300 plus per square foot, it's eliminating those and it's eliminating the foreclosures and things that are just bare rock bottom $40 per square foot pricing. And yes, I did say $40 per square foot. Uh, I have seen that. Uh, not so much now, but definitely in the past. So 4% Oklahoma City gains. Edmond up 8.3% for the year at their median sales price of 325. Let me go back. The median sales price ending the year at 2079 for Oklahoma City. Edmond ending at 325. That's up 8.3%. Yukon $263,000. $263,500. That's up 9.8% for the year. More, $218,750 is the median purchase price there. That's up 13.8%, finishing the year strong there down and more. If we look at the absolute total uh, month supply of inventory, this is an important metric to keep an eye on for overall um market activity, whether it's a buyer or seller's market, Oklahoma City's up 77% from December of last year. Edmond, 157%. They're now at 1.8 month supply of inventory. Oklahoma City's the 1.6 month supply of inventory. Yukon, the biggest change at 2.2 months supply of inventory. That's up 120%. Uh, and that's, you know, Edmond, of course, yes, mathematically biggest change, but We'll talk about that later, why that's not as significant as Yukon's. More, 1.1 uh, supply of inventory, up 83%. But when we zoom back out, because I want you to begin asking this question as we roll in, 
you know, just even forward in any of your real estate dealings, you want to ask the question relative to what, right? You see a lot of headlines that may say, you know, uh, housing market's doing this, housing market's doing that. Well, relative to what? Like, what are you comparing it to? A pandemic where there was a disease that was going to kill us all. There were supposed to be bodies in the street. And in some cases, you may have lost some loved ones. Like, it was a crazy time, right? So relative to that, is that what we're relative to? Um, so what I do is I like to go out to the max. I look all the way back to 2009, and I kind of put this in relative to central Oklahoma, which is what this show focuses on. Where are we? And the reality is the month supply of homes for sale is still way below what it normally is, which is about four months supply of homes for sale. And that's been the lion's share since 2009, which is when we began tracking with this digital software. Uh, price per square foot, relatively nice linear gains from 2017 on. I mean, we start that arc up and to positive gains, we were kind of bouncing around $100 median price per square foot. And then on into the 2017s, that's when we started getting that 120, 130. And now we're bouncing around between uh, 140 and 160, depending on where you are, uh, with Oklahoma City being that 134 median price per square foot, which is up 6.3% for the year. Edmond at $161 per square foot. Yukon at $156 per square foot and more at $146 per square foot. So uh, if you're on the market right now and you're going, how long should I be on the market? Oklahoma City, the median is now 12 days on market. Edmond is 12. Yukon's 21. Moore is 12. These are the, all the major cities in central Oklahoma. Uh, now, of course, there's Norman. There's a bunch of other cities. And if you've got something there, email me. No problem. We'll, we'll chat back and forth some stats and just my opinion on those other outlier markets. Um, shows per listing. How many times is somebody going to walk through your door? Oklahoma City, 4.7, Edmond, 4, Yukon, 3.9, and more, 6.1. These are all about 30% less than this time last year. An important thing to note, though, is the shows per pending is way higher, way, way, way higher than a normal average maybe didn't go pending, which means like they're cranking eight across the board, more's at 11. So what that means to me is that as you start to get above 3.7 showings or just over three showings, let's say four showings, if you get more than four showings, there's a great sign that you're headed towards a contract. If you hit that median days on market, which right now is 12 days, that's two full weekends. I call that the honeymoon period, right? It's two full weekends. It's enough time to get your information out to all the buyers and, and be on the market displaying your product. What are you offering the marketplace? And after those two weeks, if you if you don't have more than four showings, unless you're something, you know, exotic luxury, like really particular buyer, that's a good sign that you're overpriced, right? And at that point you need to say i'm being told by the market that that my my property is probably priced incorrectly and so we adjust that and just a little topic on that i'm not going to beat it to death but um folks real estate's not much different than any other product on the market if you list your pickup truck for twenty thousand dollars more than it's worth on craigslist hoping that someone will show up in your driveway and negotiate down with you uh, good luck with that. That's typically not a winning strategy. You usually don't get any calls at all. It's no different in real estate. People don't generally want to negotiate 
aggressively. Most people, they just, they want to see the price. They think they price, they go there. Yeah, if there's some small changes, sure. But large changes, really, really rare. So overall, the market seems relatively stable when we zoom out, right? There's been some ups and downs, you know, like you could say the headline, oh, you know, inventory up 160%. Well, relative to what, right? Relative to what? When we zoom out, it's it's way, it's basically back to 2019. So that's an important thing to note because, you know, maybe your parents are saying, hey, you know, you shouldn't be buying this right now because the market's about to collapse. Okay, uh, well, sure, let's all hope for that. And I've got people on my email list that have been hoping for that for seven years now, literally. And you know who you are. You know, I, I want you, know, you. You've been excited about waiting for the bottom for seven years now and you haven't bought anything uh, because of that. You know, you're just waiting for the dungeon and the reality is Oklahoma City's an affordable market. We're still way below on average. You know, Edmond's close to the median home price for the nation, but all the, the other cities well below. And I would argue that the reason why Edmond's close to the median, the value you get in Edmond with the great school districts, the this nice sidewalks, the infrastructure, um, the just the overall culture of Edmond is way nicer than the median in most cities. So um, anyways, I want to put forward to a couple of articles that you might want to look at. Uh, one coming from the Oklahoman, all right? And this is all part of reemphasizing in your mental strength, why Oklahoma City is the right bet or central Oklahoma is the right bet going into 2023. So Richard Mize from the Oklahoman, you can get this on the Oklahoman.com or Oklahoman.com, writes an article called New OKC Stores Coming in 2023, Where They Are Headed and Why Many More Become a Secret. I'm not going to read this full article, but I'm going to read you some of the dicey parts you can go and 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 you know, muddle through it online if you want to. Retail is on a roll in Oklahoma City, which seems remarkable considering the COVID shutdowns of 2020. But what's next is a big secret. Make that a number of them. Several brand name companies are looking for places to land in the metro area, restaurants, entertainment venues, and retailers that you know and love in other markets, said Jim Perrick, a senior vice president and retail specialist with Price Edwards & Co., not surprisingly, most don't like to be outed while they're still looking. It's easier to say where, he said. The next phase of both Oak and Chisholm Creek, these are two communities we've covered before, will be prime locations. The half and Sooners development, the producer's district, should also see some new new to market activity. Other standalone locations are in play as well, Perrick said. Rose Creek Plaza at Northwest 164th and May is another one to watch. We talk about the Oak, we talk about Chisholm Creek being an incredible place of retail growth, which means stuff to do, which means, hey, this is a booming area, right? It's a good feeling when you got new stores and 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 these are niche trendy stuff coming up, which is which is fun, you know, fun in the middle of America to do that. So I'm gonna scroll back to or not scroll, but page flip back. I feel like I'm the announcer on the Apollo missions or something uh, with papers in my hand giving a news broadcast. Uh, inflation, higher interest rates, and recession cast a pail over OKC's retail outlook. From property perspective, retail leasing has shown signs of slowing down, but it's holding strong with rent still going up and store vacancy decreasing, said Samuel Dunham, retail specialist with OKC's NAI Sullivan Group. 
Developments are holding steady and, qu- and national quick service restaurants continue to expand, he said in a recent report. An example of quick service expansion here is Salad and Go, which opened two of its drive through locations in late November of this year at 10501 South May Avenue and 2400 North Pennsylvania Avenue. Salad and Go said it will open two more locations by the end of this year at 16450 Northwestern Avenue and 5540 Southeast 15th in Dell City. Dunham pointed to the recent signings at the Oak and ongoing redevelopment of Mayfair Village, one of Oklahoma City's oldest continuously operated shopping centers at Northwest 50th and May Avenue. Clinton-based Domino is building a convenience store on a corner, and Mayfair developers have a Panda Express under contract, he said. But Perak said snags could lurk in all plans for more stores, restaurants, and, quote, experiences, the potential fly in the ointment, he says, may be rising interest rates and a potential 2023 recession, both of which make these types of high-profile and expensive deals harder to do, he said. On the other hand, Perak said, we can make the argument that consumers still have a lot of money to spend relative to before the pandemic. And, the Oklahoma, and that Oklahoma City may end up with a competitive advantage to some other parts of the country because we weren't hurt as much by the pandemic. And we typically aren't hurt as much by national recessions. Either way, we're on the radar for a number of great retailers and our retail bona fides are only getting better. You can read that full article. There's more detailed information there. Also want to point out the tech attributes, another thing to look at as you're deciding should we buy that nicer home here? Should we, you know, what, what's the deal? What's going to go on with Oklahoma? And I want to challenge you. I'm going to show you this chart in a minute that, that gets into the last 40 years of property values here and how we've gone through the recessions and how recessions and Oklahoma City, our central Oklahoma, uh, respond with one another. But this is from the Tech Tribune. Uh, this is the 2023 best startups in Oklahoma City, but you didn't know we're one of the entrepreneurial capitals of the world. Number one is Tailwind. Tailwind, uh, and by the way, these are all companies that are must be independent, privately owned, and at most 10 years old and have received at least one round of funding in order to qualify. So Tailwind is a Uh, A mission is to make world-class marketing easy for everyone. We are trusted by over a million brands worldwide to help them plan, create, execute, and optimize marketing campaigns on digital platforms such as Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. They're growing rapidly with big opportunity in front of them. If you're interested in joining the team, do meaningful work, blah, 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 you can check them out at careers at tailwindapp.com. That's their email address. Number two is Progenic Diagnostics. And I'm saying all this to show you what is trending in Oklahoma. It's not just the land of oil anymore. We've got all kinds of things happening. Progenic Diagnostics has launched. They were founded in 2015 and they're on the rise. They were set up to explore and commercialize the -the state-of-the-art diagnostic intervention and therapy areas with high level of unmet need. The company is collaborating with a number of research institutions and individuals around the world engaging in bringing the latest technology innovations to the field of diagnostics. The commitment to this cause is firmly rooted in their belief that better diagnostics was not only help 
in better and less costly management of diseases, but also help tremendously in reducing the incidence of diseases through the early screening and detection. This is part of the Innovation District that I've talked about in the videos before. This is around Northwest 12th Street on I-35. They're just east or right around the hospital, the main hospital centers there. Uh, interesting area to watch because if you can move to an affordable town, you have more ability to make risks in your entrepreneurialism, which is what ultimately makes Oklahoma, central Oklahoma, a breeding ground for innovation, right? You can, you can risk it. You can risk it all and still end up paying for your dinner if it all goes in a handbasket. Um, Number three, Happily. This is something that's interesting. This is a e-commerce company based in Oklahoma City that specializes in creating experiences and resources that help bring couples closer together. Another one, Cinder Ride. We'll get through. Let me give you one more in the top five here. Cinder Ride provides customized concierge, non-emergency medical transportation for the healthcare industry. Their technology empowers hospitals, providers, health plans, independent living centers, and family members with the ability to book on-demand and scheduled transportation for someone else. Our focus is on ensuring those who don't have access to transportation that they don't miss their therapy, dialysis, cancer treatments, and cardiovascular care, preventative care, and other medical appointments. Number five, uh, my top five entrepreneurial companies on our list today, Vigilant Aerospace Systems. Aerospace, huge here, huge. Tanker Air Force Base is on the southeast side of Oklahoma City, uh, and they've they're not just a military defense base. They are a hub for aircraft maintenance of several mainframe uh, or several uh, chassis uh, in the Air Force's fleet. And that means that they've got a lot of auxiliary commercial services and the thousands of employees that are high paying jobs. So Vigilant Aerospace Systems is a privately founded company founded in 2015, provides flight horizon, next generation collision avoidance and flight safety systems for unmanned aircraft. Vigilant Aerospace is headquartered in Oklahoma City with offices in North Dakota. Flight Horizon is based on exclusively licensed NASA patent and the prototype, which has been extensively tested and provides unique autonomous detect and avoid functions. If you want to read the full article, that's the Tech Tribune, okay? One more thing I want to talk about is to reemphasize my point on relative to what? When we look at the home prices, relative to what, right? Jason Hartman, who is, uh, I'm a long-term fan of the guy. He has got a wonderful podcast called The Creating Wealth Show, uh, The Creating Wealth Podcast by Jason Hartman. He is a national real estate investor. We'll tell you all about all these different markets and where to invest. He came out with something called the Hartman Comparison Index, and I'm not going to go through all these, but I just want to show, like, he compares the median price of home to the median price of gold over the years. This is a great index showing how cheap relative to bars of gold housing still is relative to Bitcoin, relative mortgage monthly payment over the years from 1970 to today, right below. If you look at the index, it's at the 50 out of 100 uh, or below 50, still relatively really, really low. So you can download that on his website. I think you got to donate your email address to be able to get that back. I want to pull up this uh, chart that I built. Uh, well, I kind of combined a chart 
from one of my favorite sites and then I threw some stuff over the top of it. This is the 40 years of Oklahoma City. And this is to further hit home, boom, when your parents say, wait just a minute, the home prices are gonna collapse, don't buy yet, wait. Okay, all right, show me where you have any evidence of that happening. Because what the evidence points to is we're still the bottom of the hill on the affordability index for large cities or larger metropolitan areas. And that means that as other cities get more expensive or situations don't work out, you go to more affordable cities and that's us, right? So we're, we're the trend down. So it really, really, really has to get bad. And when it got really, really bad, like the worst bad it's ever could ever get, that would have been the late 80s, right? 1987 to be exact. And that was a period where you had oil and gas uh, booming in Oklahoma and booming to the effect of people were borrowing money like crazy to try to fund their oil operations because they were trying to get ahead of each other. And there was hotels popping up overnight, cities popping up overnight, and a lot of the rural Oklahoma and what ended up happening is we basically ran out of oil. However, uh, a lot of the oil guys kind of hid the fact that we were running out of oil. And the bankers kind of knew we were running out of oil, but they still kept giving loans as if we weren't, right? Which resulted in the failure of a lot of loan products and, in essence, a lot of, a lot of banks. And this was before the age of bailouts and several large uh, savings alone uh, banks went under, which took huge amounts of inventory with them. And thousands and thousands of people lost their jobs. They had come here. They'd sold everything to come to the boom of Oklahoma oil. And all at once, it collapsed on their face. In the spring of 1982, there was no shortage of newspaper headlines about Penn Square Bank. Executives were being promoted, employees recognized for one thing or another. The softball team was 10-1. and 1. There was no indication that Penn Square Bank was about to lead the state into the end of the oil boom and the worst economic conditions since the Great Depression. What began in 1960 as a one-office retail bank in a suburban shopping mall became an oil and gas lending powerhouse with half a billion dollars in assets at the time that it failed. And interests in those speculative loans had been sold and spread like tentacles into some of the country's largest financial institutions. Continental Illinois, Northern Trust, Michigan National, Chase Manhattan, Seattle First. It would become the biggest bank failure in which the government did not back deposits over $100,000. Those uninsured deposits totaled $195 million, most of them belonging to other financial institutions. The feds, unable to find a buyer for Penn Square, moved in over the Independence Day holiday, declared the bank insolvent on Monday, July 5, 1982, and on Tuesday the 6th, depositors lined up in the Oklahoma heat outside the Deposit Insurance National Bank of Oklahoma City. The next few years would see dozens of other financial institutions follow Penn Square into financial ruin, and while a number of the bank's officials were eventually indicted, only a handful were convicted. And viewed through the lens of history, their most notable crime seems to be naivete about the stability of the energy business in general and oil prices in particular. I'm Charles Newcomb with Centennial Stories. This chart shows you, it's on the left-hand side, and I'll describe it for those on the audio podcast. 
a drop in home price index, right, which is a what basically what the White House uses uh, when they're looking at the housing market. They look at that housing price index, <clears throat> drop 17 percent. And, and, and this time, so bad, right? Like so bad to where I heard stories about bumper stickers on the back of people's cars that said the last person to leave Oklahoma, please turn out the lights or God give us another oil boom. We promise we won't misuse it or we won't, we won't trash it or something of that effect. Um, so 17% and that's like just terrible, right? And then we fast forward to the, the housing recession of 2008, 9, 10, and we see a 2% decline in housing price index for central Oklahoma. So I really want to draw your attention to the fact, oh, and also you might see on this chart I've overlaid with the red line. The red line is interest rates. So during the 17% decline, right before that, interest rates were at 20%, 20%, like three more times higher than where they are now at 7%. And so interesting to note, like the extremes that we've been through, and yet 17% is, that's the big, the big disaster was 17%. And many, 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 many of you can absorb a 17% reduction in home value, largely because you gained 17% this last year, a lot of a lot of your your homes in 2020, between 2020 and 2022. And 2023, you've gained maybe uh, 20 plus percent in some cases. So can you weather it? Sure. Sure, you can. You're making smart decisions. And that is nowhere near what we could what we could go through. I mean, it would take, you know, an absolute collapse. And even if it didn't, even if we did lose oil again, right? Even if the industry just went crazy sideways, we're so diversified now. And I just went through that showing all these companies and, and the largest employer here now is the state of Oklahoma. So we have the state of Oklahoma is the largest employer. Then you have Tinker Air Force Base. I mean, these are tens of thousands of jobs. You got the, the medical industry uh, ranks in the top five there of them. The number one uh, are the, the most amount of jobs. The other one is OU, Oklahoma University, with thousands of jobs. These are all uh, industries that have nothing to do with the recession. I, you could You could be collapse of economy and government still has a law right like they've got laws that they have to do certain things which means they have to have jobs and they 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 fund it right hospitals sure the economy's bad man you still get sick you still get your you've got things going wrong with your body in fact maybe even more things go wrong because you're eating terrible right that stuff's stable uh military uh not going anywhere right aircraft maintenance those are faa regulated maintenance intervals that no it doesn't matter what's going on you got to do them right uh so in other words forbes magazine if you look at it has rated us one of the most uh what is it? Uh, Recession-proof cities in America, uh, and it's because of this. It's because we're well insulated. So all these services, like Oak is talking about, and all these restaurants, and we're going to put a location here, service-oriented. Why? Why are you going to put it here? Well, because all these people that have stable jobs, no matter where the economy is, they got to eat. 
Right? They got to go out and, and, and have fun. They got to watch movies. They got to they got to go on dates, right? Like this stuff still goes on. And that's why these service industries are booming here. And that's why you can have a reliable, affordable housing here and your tenant will pay their rent each and every month, even in the midst of a recession, because even if they tumble down the rabbit hole, right, of, of job loss, boom, and they're tumbling down, it's not that far of a tumble because of the way the income is tight. It's a tight uh, metric of median uh, housing income, and, and you, you, know, you can bounce to service industry, you can bounce back and forth, you can change over to different tech companies, right, a lot of remote jobs even, you know, so I make this long case to reemphasize to you that 2023, you're not going to see huge, crazy stuff going on. Everybody keeps saying that, but you know what? Everybody's probably wrong. Uh, and the reason why is, is there's still the supply is just way, way, way in the favor still of the seller. Like there's just not enough supply, even if, you know, it was like, what, 1.5% of people defaulted on their loan in the United States, and that caused the 2008 recession or something like that, and the metrics were totally different, like totally different. So, yeah, okay, we get 1% here, 2%. That's that's all we're having. So welcome to the boring uh, central Oklahoma market. Uh, I like boring. Boring is where we like to live because that's where we get creative with all the benefits of taxing, uh, tax incentives and, and inflation induced debt destruction. We talk about that. So, uh, this is concluding episode 111. If you've got some specific questions, right? You've got a property, you've got a scenario going on and you and your, your spouse want to buy a personal property. I do that as well. Like these, this is a time what you need. You don't need a salesman. You don't need somebody going to a conference about how to close more deals in 2023. You need somebody that's spending time researching wood, right? Researching aluminum pricing and, re and understanding topography, how that affects uh, home values over time. Like this is stuff that matters, right? Um, and so that's what I partner with you and your family on. That's what my team does. Uh, but in terms of me dishing you off to somebody, no, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. We're a small enough company where I'm involved everywhere to be able to make sure we're meeting that quality. So when you email me, that's landon at okcreal.com. Ask your questions there. Let me know what's going on inside your head. If you want to schedule a Zoom call with me, or actually now it's Google Meets, um, you can do that on the website, okcrealestateshow.com slash contact. There's a there's a, my calendar's right on there. You can schedule time with me and let's brainstorm together. Let's talk about your goals. Let's see where we can fit in there. If you're just sitting on the bench and you're waiting for a deal to come across, there's also the investor alerts that's on there. That's the more tab on there. There's an investor alert box. You can click there, fill out a short form. I will advise you that this is not uh, a place to go. If you are Mr. Slumlord or anything like that, not looking for you. And that's not who you are. If you're listening to this show, you are not looking for a uh, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of situation where the tenants to you are little pawns that you play with on your little chessboard of life. You uh, value humanity because you're probably building your portfolio or buying a quality house because you cherish the time you spend together as a family. And maybe you're buying this portfolio uh, and building it to leave it to your kids. So you're a good person that understands that you got to take care of the human beings that are inhabiting 
your portfolio. And you're doing that by quality decisions to be able to put yourself in a stable place where you can run your business correctly. And that's what we're all about here at the Oklahoma Real Estate Show. And I say Oklahoma Real Estate Show because we just got the licensing from the state for saying Oklahoma Real Estate Show. So now we're at OKC Real Estate Show and Oklahoma Real Estate Show. And you'll start seeing that in 2023. Uh, I could probably go on talking forever. I've realized that and my coffee has definitely kicked in. So I'm going to just leave you at this. Thanks for watching episode 111. Stay tuned for more guests on the show coming up in 2023. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the new podcast episodes coming out this year. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit okcrealestateshow.com.